0: Here's Spencer Linton
1: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 25th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying some holiday time. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with ACDC Historian. He's back in black. His name is Jerem Jordan.
2: Let's talk about some of the swag we have. You can get this at the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, title sponsor of our program. would love it. Uh yeah, I I got this uh, Nike hoodie. You got a uh, long sleeve shirt here, Nike BYU football. I love it. This is great. This is all part of the uh, you know blackout game swag against San Diego State coming up on December twelfth. So go to store dot com. You can go to the store itself, uh, and and get you uh, get you swagged up.
1: Will BYU. Have a uniform on December 5th is the question for me. Any uniform. I don't care if it's black, blue, it's white. Just put a uniform on and play somebody on December
2: 5th. Yeah, December 5th, December 19th. Let's go. A lot to break down. I'd take the bibs.
1: I I would take the bibs for crying out if it meant BYU playing football on the 5th and 19th. Play.
2: I probably would, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay, how desperate we are. We've had some loaded guest lineups. This might be the most loaded we've It's
1: incredible. It's incredible. Starting with this, ESPN College Game Day host, Reese Davis. Let's go, baby. Joins us live to discuss what in the world BYU can do now to improve a shocking and frankly stunning number 14 ranking. Is there any hope for BYU, according to the host of College Game Day? Plus, BYU head football coach Kalani Satake will join us to recap what was an emotional and challenging night. And the emotions of his team right now. Don't forget the basketball season tips off today. for Yeah, the Cougars baby. As well. Ball night. Here are today's
2: BYU Sports Nation headlines. The first college football playoff ranking is out. BYU number 14. What? Cougars are number eight in the AP and coaches poll. The playoff committee feels differently. Those polls really don't matter now. The one poll that matters is the college football playoff selection committee. We will react to this incredible piece of information coming up in what's <laughs>
1: As mentioned, the 2020-2021 BYU basketball tip-off special goes down tonight at the Marriott Center. Westminster visits Provo. The Cougars begin again after a magical season was cut short. Watch game number one live on BYU TV at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain. BYU will also host New Orleans tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. That, too, live on BYU TV. Mark Pope, what say ye?
3: We have our, our work cut out for us. I think is a team that's going to really push the ball in
1: transition. They run a kind of continuity pistol offense that we're very familiar with that we know how
3: hard it is to guard. And then he's got his own kind of patented like triangle screening action that's incredibly frustrating to guard. And uh, it's gonna be a great, it's gonna be a great game for us
1: um, to try and jump in and get a first look at who this team is and who we can be against a
2: really,
4: really
1: well-coached and talented team.
2: Beat Westminster. He announces it has extended the aforementioned heard from Mark Pope through the 26-27 season. How about that? Coach Pope will defer some of his increased compensation due to budget concerns right now with He's all in, baby. Love it.
1: And finally, some NFL news. Kai Nakua back on the grind in the NFL. Signs with the San Francisco 49ers practice squad. Congratulations to Kai who has played. For the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers, and the Indianapolis Colts. He's been all over the place. Now he's back with San Francisco. 13 total tackles in three NFL starts to his resume. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're
0: talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: What in the world happened last night? BYU football in at number 14 in the college football playoff rankings. We all thought it's different this year. It's 2020. BYU has won more games than any other team in the country. All the national narrative says the Cougars are legit, to quote one Kirk Herbstreet. Well, the committee clearly was not buying it. Number eight in the coaches, number eight in the AP poll, number 14 in the college football playoff poll. Jerem, what was your reaction when you saw BYU pop up next to the number 14 last night.
2: Literally? What? That was my reaction. Just crazy. Uh, The disrespect on BYU is just crazy. I don't feel like the committee has watched BYU. They may say it, but their number 14 says they haven't actually watched. When comparing BYU and Cincinnati after the call, Gary Barta, the athletic director at Iowa, he said that one of the differences between Cincinnati and BYU is that Cincinnati is four and zero against uh, you know teams with winning record. Well, BYU is three and zero, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that Cincinnati's in the top twenty in scoring offense and defense. Oh, interesting. Uh, BYU is the only team in the top ten in scoring offense and defense. Oh, how about that? Yeah, really frustrating. Feels like ninety six and two thousand one again. Basically, like your best isn't good enough, and that's really hard for BYU. Oh, one is based on Luke Staley's injury. 96 is based on having a loss at 12 and one and 13 and one and still not being good enough to get in the bowl coalition. Nothing's changed. I I feel like this is uh, you know going to Martin Van Buren and and, hey Missouri, we need redress here. Uh, Your cause is just. You're nine and zero. You've dominated, but I can do nothing for you. Okay, you're not actually in New Year's Six team. This is very disappointing. Um, And I'm probably in the uh, out of the anger, mad into the apathy portion of dealing with this. Mm -hmm. This is disappointing. What more could BYU have done? What more could BYU have done? They had six power fives on the schedule preseason. I've said that's too many. BYU says, no, it's not enough. Let's go. All of those get canceled. BYU has to redo its schedule. Only two of those originals stay. BYU gets Boise State, goes up there, wins by 34. Was up 45-3 in that game, by the way. I know Boise State was shorthanded. Whatever. The, uh, you know, Cade Fennegan didn't play for the Boise State defense. BYU then says, yes, Houston, we will go to Houston. BYU goes there and wins by 17. What more could BYU have done? BYU is being punished for something out of their control, which is the schedule. And do not tell me that Tom Homo just started getting on the phone. Remember preseason, those rumors about Alabama? Oh, I remember. They weren't rumors. BYU, the staff, actually started prepping for Alabama. Iowa State was in the mix. Obviously, the Washington thing. we've They heard.
1: prepped a day for Washington.
2: BYU's been trying to add games. We've heard Kalani Stake say throughout the season, no, we've wanted to get to 12. So this is disappointing. BYU's played the schedule it could play. BYU dominated. And yet, it's out of a New Year's Six position.
1: I really hope the Lilburn Boggs College Football Playoff Committee can rectify (laughs) some things over the weekend. They feel the heat collectively from the national media. I just want to share two quotes. There are like 200 quotes that I want to share today, but we'll stick with these two. From David Pollock, one of the lead analysts for college football on ESPN. My gosh, BYU 14, watching them throughout this season, that was absolutely nuts to me. Watching how potent they've been, how fun they've been, how dominant they have been, not just analytically, but physically, when you turn on the tape, Desmond Howard this morning on ESPN's Get Up, it was completely unfair. I was stunned by that. There's absolutely no way you can watch BYU play games and think that they deserve to be ranked number 14. That's asinine to me. It makes absolutely no sense, end quote. That's just too we haven't even talked about Kirk Herbstreit. Can I read one more? Yes, please. At
2: Anish Shroff, ESPN play-by-play. Yes, the strength of schedule is awful, but clearly the college football playoff committee didn't watch a minute of BYU football this season. That's my issue. They may say they did, but then putting a BYU at 14 says they don't care about BYU's dominance. What then? I, I just don't understand. There's inconsistency there. BYU's not seven spots lower than Cincinnati.
1: Seven spots?
2: I don't. Okay, I don't need BYU at eight or nine, but I, I need BYU at 10 though. I really do.
1: Seven spots lower than Cincinnati. Hey, well, the strength of schedule is clearly
2: much tougher for Cincinnati, is it? Yeah, and and let's let's uh, so lost in the shuffle. This is the first time ever BYU's ever been in the college football playoff rankings, by the way. And BYU's ranked higher than every Pac-12 team. (laughs) Iowa State, who lost at home by
1: seventeen to unranked Louisiana, and has two losses higher than BYU in the college football
2: playoff playoff. I don't agree that the two lost Power Five teams should be ahead of BYU. So now to top, nine. To topic two. Got blasted in both. I know the strength of the schedule is different. Uh, topic two. What now? It feels like BYU has to schedule not one but two games. Sure. December 5th and
1: 19th. What now? I can't be tricked by this anymore. I feel like Charlie Brown. And Lucy's like, no, 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 Charlie, I promise it's gonna be okay. This year will be different. She pulls the football. That's all I, I can't so what now? I can't do that anymore. I I literally sat here on this desk and was like, Don't worry. This is the year to not worry. Because BYU is going to be at least number 11. Ralph Russo was right. It's going to be okay. He was right. Charlie Brown. And I'm not happy about it. But what do you do? BYU has to push it forward. And now they're looking for anyone, literally any team, any time, any place.
2: Outside of the Pac-12 because your stipulations are stupid.
1: What now for BYU? Well, they need a game with Cincinnati. But that's probably not going to happen because Cincinnati has, one, COVID issues. And... Of course, the Bearcats have to look out for what's best for them. I know that the national analysts, and I'm buying into this too. Hey, Cincinnati, you want to improve your college football playoff resume and hope that there's some they can't above you? They can't do it. They cannot play BYU. They,
2: their game with Temple canceled, prohibited. They're, they're not going to be out of it in time next week. So the Cincy game's dead. So here's my question. What can BYU do to get into a New Year's Six position, which is our question of the day. We'll get into it in a second. I don't know. Who needs BYU. BYU lost its leverage, a.k.a. we're a top-ten team. We can really elevate your schedule. BYU still has some leverage, but it doesn't feel like they have a lot. So yeah. I'm not exactly sure who BYU can play uh, on the 5th and 19th. We'll talk to Kalani Satake coming up. We're talking to Reese Davis in the next segment. Don't go anywhere from ESPN. BYU's in a precarious position right now Nine and 0 They still have San Diego State on the 12th. They have a bye uh, on the this week. A game's not happening. Uh, December 5th and then December 19th. So I don't exactly know who Bioy can play, but this feels like 96 and 01 again, which is disappointing. When your best isn't good enough, that's really tough. Who's Bioy going to get? I don't know.
1: I hope it's a team like UCF. That'd be great. They have open dates. And hear me out. December fifth, they do. Let's go. UCF was the juggernaut opponent for Cincinnati on their schedule in Orlando. Cincinnati won by three. They passed that test. Why not have BYU go play that comparable opponent? I'd love it. See what happens and then say, oh, BYU beat UCF in Orlando, two by this many points. This is how they looked. I, I feel like that is a reasonable option and a doable option for BYU.
2: Does UCF need it is my question. They're 5-3. and three. It, They want to play like, football? Like, why not in yeah, wh- their yeah, case? Yeah, wh- sure. Yeah.
1: They could validate their season a little bit. They could get back on track. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It wouldn't, they probably, and it'd be non-con. It wouldn't affect the conference standings. Exactly. Right? They're not likely with three losses to get into the conversation for the AAC title game, I don't think, right? No. But, yeah, that'd, that'd be great.
1: Our question of the day, what does BYU need to do to prove themselves New Year Six worthy to the college football playoff committee? Let's hear from you, BYUSN and Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Clark Barnison on
0: Twitter. Looks
1: like BYU needs to schedule and win two more games. Ranked group of five or Pac-12 teams will work just fine. <laughs> Pac-12. Bring it home for us, Tom Homo. It, ain't, you it
2: ain't happening. BYU Pac-12.
1: cannot risk, based on the Pac-12 protocols, not playing a game. They and have to have guaranteed games.
2: That whole thing's over, right? The whole Pac-12 like schedule it, that's over. Utah and Washington are playing. It's like even okay, if USC cu-
1: came up, they can't risk it.
2: Cougar stats. BYU's 33.7 points per game margin is the sixth largest in the last 60 years. There are literally thousands of week schedules that in- included in the last six years, mm. but there aren't numerous similar margins from them. Okay, let's wow. go. Coming up, loaded guest lineup. Kalani Stakey will join us. What more could BYU have done up to this point? And will BYU add games?
1: And as advertised, ESPN College Game Days. Reese Davis joins us live. What's his reaction the day after to BYU's number 14 ranking? What does he think the Cougars can legitimately do? This is BYU Sports
0: Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: It's a new season of BYU basketball with Mark Pope. joined the coach. Guest Alex Barcella, host Greg Rubel today, following BYU Sports Nation, and of course, on demand on the BYU TV app. We are live
1: in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now is the host of ESPN's College Game Day and, frankly, the pride of Muscle Shoals Alabama, Reese Davis on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Reese, great to have you back with us on BYU Sports Nation.
5: Well, I'm glad to be with you, but clearly you haven't seen the documentary Muscle Shoals about the uh, rich uh, musical history of my hometown because clearly I would not be the pride of the hit recording capital of the world. And you guys think I'm being facetious, but look up that. The first words spoken on the documentary about Muscle Shoals come from Bono. Wow. Rolling Stones recorded there. Aretha Franklin recorded there. Anybody who is anyone
2: in the music industry knows Muscle Shoals. Reese, it was besides music. Uh, We did. We just had the North (laughs) Alabama game. We know. We did the research. Right. That's right. They're the
5: UNA Lions. Uh, are a rising program, but they're on the wrong side of the Tennessee
1: river. They're on the
5: Lauderdale <laughs> County side. Russell Scholes is on the Colbert County side, which is the
1: superior side. Duly noted. All right, Reese, uh, no joke. We, we talked to Kalani Satake this morning and he asked if BYU can join the fighting Reese Davises. So he wants to know how you feel about adding BYU to that <laughs> team.
5: I'm in, man. I'm in. We've had, we've had some fun with that. Uh, it, it was kind of unexpected and kind of came off the cuff when Fitzgerald first started talking about that. I was like, what's Pat talking about? And I was like, Oh, Galloway. Yeah, that's right. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've said many times, a lot of what Joey says, I let go in one ear and out the other. And that was another example of that, I guess.
2: <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Obviously BYU was hoping to be higher exactly what they thought. I don't know. Top 10, 11, 12, at least in the top 12. Well, it feels New Year's 6-ish. BYU comes in at 14. A lot of visible reaction from yourself and the panel last night. Uh, for those who missed it, what's your reaction to BYU being 14?
5: I, I didn't agree with it. Now, I'm not one I don't like, and I sort of made fun of hot take talk radio guy who jumps in there and goes, they don't watch the games because they don't agree with me, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't agree with their, their um, judgment of where BYU should be ranked. Uh, I do think that the good news for BYU is that in the history of this committee, they have, they have, and look, it, it's hard to say that because you have new members every year. So the committee is not the same and there are going to be different sensibilities each and every year, but historically the different committees have shown, um, have shown the ability and, uh, the desire to reevaluate things. Now, there's not a lot to reevaluate BYU on unless you just wanna go back and look and say, okay, wait, let's take another look at this. Have, have we made the proper judgment here? I think, that's, I think that's something that conceivably could happen, not because necessarily of media pressure or our reaction, but I think when there is reaction like that, that most reasonable people, rather than digging in and trying to prove that they're right, would look and say, okay, Am I right or am I not right? And, they get, and look at it again. So I think they're – I wouldn't think that they, it is a definite that they are stuck at 14 or ever. And I still think that they – I still think they're a very attractive candidate uh, for a New Year's Six game. Uh, I would take them. If I were the Fiesta Bowl, I would definitely take them. They're going to have a spot. Uh, and, you know, that's just me talking. I'm not on the Fiesta Bowl committee or in that New Year's Six room because I know the committee also shapes those matchups. But, you know, I don't think all is lost for BYU and I do I do disagree with where with the judgment that the selection committee made last night. I thought they had them underranked.
1: Reese, when you back BYU like that, you endear yourself to BYU fans and uh, they'll think that you're the pride <laughs> of muscle shoals. Don't don't okay, sell them. Right. Short. <laughs> let's uh okay. Let's, okay, let's let's discuss this. If you were on the committee, where would you have ranked BYU last night and why? Okay, well, all I can do, and I really should have my
5: AP ballot in front of me before I say this. And full disclosure, for the first time uh, in this most recent ballot, I moved Cincinnati ahead of BYU. Prior to that, I did not have, I had BYU ahead of Cincinnati because I thought that, and still, it would be a good game. I, I would probably pick BYU to win the game. But it's hard for me to ignore um, that they handled Houston a little easier. And really the thing that pushed me over the edge was UCF. Because I honestly, guys, I have a lot of respect for Cincinnati. I think they're really good. But I thought UCF would win the game. And they didn't. And uh, though it was close at the end, it always it felt like Cincinnati took control of that. So I have them a spot behind Cincinnati. If memory serves, um, and I'm sure somebody can look this up on the Internet if I mess this up. But I've got uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State. Clemson, uh, Texas A&M ahead of Florida for right now, simply because I think you got to honor the head-to-head for a while. It's not the be all end-all forever, but for right now, it gives them the edge. And then I went Cincinnati, BYU. So I had uh, I had BYU eight, if memory serves, two spots ahead of the Fighting Reese Davises. I had Northwestern.
2: (laughs) Of Northwestern, for those who missed it. (laughs) So BYU certainly has uh, openings they should and probably need to fill, right? Uh, December 15th and and 19th. Is there anything BYU can do to fill those with opponents that would matter, that are available, that actually need a game to get BYU into a New Year Six? Because it feels like it's not just BYU's needs, it's the other team's needs. And then as we saw with Washington in the Pac-12, the conference jumps in a little bit too.
5: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, this is the hard part. Is that based on where Cincinnati is? Um, a Cincinnati game, and Cincinnati just had its game postponed, so that now may be a, a non-issue to begin with. But there was some talk that perhaps BYU and Cincinnati could have uh, put something together, and it would have been a tremendous game. But based on the rankings last night, it would have been far more beneficial to BYU than to Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati still has a team that the committee has uh, deemed worthy of ranking, and Tulsa they will probably play them twice uh, in the American championship game as well and have to play them back to back. Uh, so I think Cincinnati now becomes difficult because it there has to be something in it for both sides. So the PAC 12 is the obvious answer. There could be something in it for, for both sides. Uh, but then you run into the situation that, that you had this week. And, and I under, look, I understand the PAC 12s position on this, but I, you know, I didn't Agree again, and I'm not just trying to endear myself to BYU fans. But I didn't agree with all the people who said, "Well, BYU put the tweet out and said they play anybody, anytime, anywhere." <laughs> well, they don't want the rug pulled out from under them, and I I hope I'm not stepping on toes, but they sure don't want the rug pulled out from under them in favor of their rival. So uh, you know they they sure don't want that, and I don't blame them for that. So I think BYU acted uh, acted with great prudence and did the right thing, but I do think they should continue pursuing games and if they can get one against um, you know a, probably they need to do a power five or a team from the American, but it probably wouldn't hurt, you know, if they got a a coastal Carolina if if that were possible. Something like that even would would be helpful, I think.
1: Reese, I can't help you. I still but... think just to be clear, I still think they can
5: I still think that they can move up enough to get a New Year six bit. I'm not as certain of it after last night, as I was prior to that. But I still think that they can do it.
1: I can't help but look at uh, the open date for UCF and think, hey, Cincinnati's big test was UCF. What if BYU went and played UCF in Orlando and they had that comparable game? Is that something that could weigh heavily into the college football playoff committee's mind?
5: I I don't know that it would because even, even though I have high regard for UCF, UCF has found a way to lose Uh, Some close games lost to Memphis close game. They lost to Tulsa and now they lost to Cincinnati. So it's a three loss team. Uh, So I I think that's the problem. I know BYU is probably just anxious to play. That's clear from their original schedule with, you know, having originally having six power five opponents on it. But I, I think it's difficult to find an opponent right now that moves the needle. And if they can, I know they're willing to play it. And they won't back down from it for a second, But finding it is is the difficult part, especially as you know teams are now starting to struggle again uh, across the country with uh, you know with COVID cases and having to postpone or cancel games. uh, That I think that even makes the the geometry of all of this even more difficult.
2: Okay, let's finish with this. Reese, hear me out. We get you in Muscle Shoals Shoals Sound Studio. You bring back Mark (laughs) May on bass, Lou Holtz on the drum. You get Herbie and Pollock and Desert. You just get in the studio, you just see what happens.
5: Uh, one of my high school classmates and teammates uh, now runs fame recording studios in Muscle Schultz. His father founded it, big part of the movie. And let me just say, they would not let that group of characters <laughs> that you just listed have been about a thousand feet of the front door of that
1: studio. <laughs> Reese, we wish you the happiest of Thanksgivings and uh, we know how busy you are. We appreciate you taking the time with us and speaking some peaceful words to BYU fans over the holiday. Uh, stay safe and we'll see you down the road.
5: All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I'm going to tell you, your team has been impressive and fun to watch. Really unfortunate that they haven't been able to get the test that they had planned, but uh, they, they're having a great season. I congratulate them on
1: it. Thanks, Reese. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: All right. Happy Thanksgiving, guys.
1: Reese Davis on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: That was great. And listen, we don't always get guests on that. we. Hey, they're going to hear what we want to hear. I want to hear both sides of things. And Reese is a neutral observer at the highest level, one of the top voices in the game. And he validated what we've been saying and thinking, which is nice, right? BYU is a really good team and should have been ranked higher. Like, he's not alone. We're not alone. There are a lot of voices in this. Hopefully, like he says, there's a... Potential that there's a little bit of course correction. Yes. That BY can climb to an 11 or a 12 at some point and be in the mix. Because if BY goes undefeated and they're not in a New Year's 6, I'm going to be very disappointed. Because what more could BY have done?
1: Well, let's be honest. And he said it. Like, BY is very much in position to still get in a New Year 6.
2: And they, again, there's no automatic anything with BYU. No. you don't, they're they're don't. An
1: independent at large. A bowl can say, no, we want you.
2: We don't have – BYU does not have to be in the top 12 per se. It just feels like they do. It just feels like they do. Yes. If BYU is in the top 10, it's like, oh, that's going to happen, it would, you, you would think. So that's, that's a conundrum is how does BYU move up? Like what can BYU do to move up? Hey, just schedule a good team to – what good team needs to play a game on the 5th or 19th against BYU? I don't know that there's a team ahead of BYU that would want that. There are certainly teams behind BYU that that could be of interest. If I'm Coast Carolina or Marshall, I'm going. I want to. I want to be able to put myself in a position to maybe be up there. Should Cincinnati lose? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Cincinnati is what, like, a ton of spots higher than the next best group of yes, five.
1: They could lose a game to BYU and still go as the guaranteed. team. spots. Six. Yes. So like, Cincinnati has no risk. They have to lose twice.
2: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Coming up. The head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, on the situation of number 14 and adding
1: And of course, it's basketball game day for the Cougars. They're back after the longest layoff in college basketball history. Assistant coach Chris just joins us to discuss the emotions of a strange opening day. This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is
2: presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU men's basketball season begins when? Tonight, baby! Countdown to tip-off, pregame show live at 7.30 Eastern. The game's at 8 Eastern against Westminster. He is
1: Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. A special edition of the Cougar Whip Around today, in fact, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. We are welcoming in BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess on game day who joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Chris, great to have you back. What are your emotions like on a game day of a season opener and a season opener in 2020, no less?
3: Um... So many emotions, right? Just so excited to to be able to compete again, um, get back on the Merritt Center on the court, and to you know our guys have been working so hard. So I was super happy for them to be able to compete against someone besides themselves, um, and just excited that you know college basketball starting, and it's been the longest off season I think in the history of the sport, and and it gets to start just you know nationwide. So we're excited to kind of see where we're at. Um, tonight's game and tomorrow's game is going to really teach us who we are and what we need to work on and, you know, what do we need to keep doing. So a lot of emotions, mostly excitement, but want to, you know, focus one game at a time. And, and we, really, we, really want to, we really want to compete tonight and just play hard.
2: Talk to us about the mindset of the team because, like you mentioned, you're about to play three games in four nights, six games in ten days, all significant at the beginning of the season because there are fewer games for the NCAA tournament resume to, uh, committee to look at on your resume when the season ends, so you're about to embark on a tough stretch here.
3: Yeah, we are, and we and we're. I think we're prepared for that. We've had, you know, my if anything, minor setbacks during the during this off season and this preseason. Um, our guys have been bringing it every single day, but the mindset is just right now is focusing on the game that we're playing which is Westminster Uh, we feel like we're prepared as best we can um, for the next you know like you said the next six games with everything we've been doing in this preseason which uh, you know defensively is working on transition defense ball screen defense rebounding the basketball you know taking away three point shot and then offensively obviously working every single day so regardless of who we play we feel pre- we feel as prepared as we can be. Um, and, like, you know, and again, we're, we're excited to play tonight because we'll be taught a few things tonight of what we need to keep working on. So our mindset is like focus on the, the game at hand. Respect your opponent in Westminster. Um, and then when that game's over, you know, we'll, we'll get ready for New Orleans.
1: How has your team prepared for the adjustment of playing in front of limited fans and a little bit of family when we all know that there is so much energy when the Marriott Center is full? It's going to be different. So how have you prepared for that adjustment?
3: You know, it's going to be so different. Um, And I think it's going to be, you know, as prepared as we can and have done um, the last few weeks. Um, it's still going to be kind of a shock to, you know, everyone in college basketball, including us, who has, you know, one of the best home uh, venues in the country. What, we, what we've done is simulated kind of an inter-squad scrimmage um, and made it like a game day um, event with kind of the crowd noises that, you know, is going to be blasted in the Merritt Center. Um, we've, we've created an atmosphere where we'll be sitting, you know, on the bench, being socially distanced, wearing your masks, making sure you're... You know, you're you're cleansing your hands after when you when you come out of the game. Um, so we're doing everything we can there um, to try to simulate it. But tonight really is going to be our first real test, right? And, and our guys, we've talked so much about our guys. We've actually in practice put, you know, our guys that are not on the court on the sideline and they have to talk and bring energy because they're going to be our fans, right? Like they're the ones going to be bringing the juice and bringing that energy to the guys on the court. Uh, we, we even talked about kind of like, you know, the NBA and their bubble. Uh, how, you know, especially during the playoffs, you know, the guys who were on the bench, they were really, you know, jumping up and down and talking a little smack, getting the guys going, calling out the plays. And so we've been simulating that every single day, the last few weeks and practice of where they should be standing. And if you're not talking, you know, we just send them on sprints. Right. And so we've tried to simulate that because we think, yes, our families are going to be there, but our bench is going to be our fate. Like it's going to be, you know, the rock in our fan base, right? Like, it's just the truth. So we're excited. We're excited about that to see where they're at.
1: Generally, when I talk too much, that's when I'm punished and I have to run. But you're, you're telling them, you talk or you will run. This, this is a new dynamic.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. You better communicate. This game, you know, we always, Coach Pope always talks about, you know, when you go into an NBA practice, um, it's, the feel is so different simply because of their voices. Right. There's constant communication, constant talking. And so he talks about that all the time with our guys. And listen, some guys by nature are pretty shy and don't want to open their mouths. And we get that, but they got to come out of their comfort zone where some guys like talk too much and we love it. Right. We we, we want them to talk. We want them to talk. We want them to, um, <clears throat> you know, talk to their players, talk to their teammates, but also talk a little smack to their team <laughs> in, in a constructive manner. Yeah.
2: Who's the Jake Toulson this year? That, that'll be a big question to be filled. Ooh, right?
3: yeah, I think there's a couple of them. Uh, I don't know if anyone can match Jake, um, (laughs) but but there's a couple of them, the guys that that are going to take a step this year with constructive – you know, mind games verbally, um, but, but, you know, nothing that's going to cause any issues, but Jake, Jake's on a whole nother level, right? I mean, BYU fans saw that last year. We loved it, man. It brought so much energy to our team.
2: Yeah. He was fun. Let's finish with this. Uh, you have 17 players on the roster. 15 are eligible to play uh, once one's injured and, and out in, and, in Townsend triple. And then Brandon war is redshirting. How are you going to find the balance of, of mixing in a lot of those dudes, uh, which are very talented, will contribute in games.
3: Well, listen, we got a lot of depth. We got a lot of different rosters. We think we can you know, um, lineups we think we can put out there based on matchups, based on who's playing well. Um, You know, we feel like we have a defensive lineup, offensive lineup, a shot-making lineup, right? Um, You know, a rebounding lineup. And so I think these, you know, usually have exhibition games to kind of tinker with these things to see where things are at. But the players are going to teach Coach Pope uh, who should be playing, who should be on the court um, based on how hard they play, how well they rebound the ball, uh, how they're communicating and and bringing it every day. Um, But, you know, it's a good problem to have. Um, but as long as everyone's focused on one thing, and I know that's really hard, but if they're focused on one thing, which is winning this game and doing something special, like last year's team did, and creating this best locker room in America atmosphere, then it's not going to matter who's out there, right? It's not going to matter. And if we can do that, we'll be successful. And guys got to put away their egos and their agendas um, every single morning, starting today, right? Where, you know, you, you know that box score is, is sometimes hard to look at, right? That the minutes or the points are sometimes hard to look at. But if you cannot worry about it, and just worry about the the win column and we're gonna be special. So we got lineups to mess with. And Coach Pope, at the end of the day to answer your question, he's the one who's gotta he's the one who's gotta do the subbing. So <laughs> be more on him. I'll be the suggestion guy. So he's gotta be the <laughs> guy. And that's why I got that big extension, right. So that's why he, he's gotta make tough decisions. But we all, all fifteen guys can go out there and help us win games, and we're excited to see. Um, which guys are going to be able to do that on a daily basis.
1: BYU basketball assistant coach and suggestion guy, Chris Burgess, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, let's give you some karma for tonight's game. Uh, We're stoked that you're back on the floor, and uh, we'll see you at the Marriott Center.
3: Thanks, guy. We're so excited to be playing.
1: Chris Burgess on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: Like lost in the shuffle of everything. Oh, yeah, basketball season starts. Yeah. And trust me, we haven't forgotten. And it's no small feat that you, they're back. I'm joining you as a part of the you know, the broadcast team tonight, which will be very exciting. Super stoked. Okay, coming up, Kalani Satake. Ah, oh, he was fired up last night. Is he that fired up this morning?
1: What did he hear from his players last night after the announcement? And what was the conversation like with his athletic director, Tom Holmo? Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Yo, hit us up tonight for Countdown to Tip-Off. Uh, tip and then tomorrow night, Thanksgiving night, New Orleans in town. No, not the Pelicans. Privateers. Tip is at 9 Eastern. Countdown to Tip-Off at 8 Eastern. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Live
1: from Studio B earlier this morning, we spoke with BYU football head coach Kalani Satake, who joined us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline with full uh, emotion for sure. Here is that conversation. Kalani, let's begin here. What was the conversation like last night with the athletic director at BYU, Tom Homo, when you found out that BYU was number 14?
4: Um, Well, I found out. I mean, that was, you saw it on the show last night. It was real time, and I didn't have much time to react. All I could think about, you know, was uh, trying to get more games on the schedule, but we've been doing that since since the beginning. We've been trying to add. We wanted 12 games, and so, um, you know, I know Tom's been working really hard at it, and and we had a good conversation and, and, hopefully, you know, we can get some games there. We, obviously we saw where we were ranked. All I could think about were the boys. All I could think about were the players and their hard work. And uh, I know a lot of teams that work hard, but man, I, I don't coach all the other teams. I only coach this team. And I can think about, all I can think about is them how much they're hurting and uh, how motivated they are right now. And, 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 hopefully we can get some more opportunities to get them out there and play because they love playing football. When all this stuff is like – when it's all out there, our guys just like being on the field and they love playing the game, and that's when they're at their best, and I I hope we get more opportunities for that.
2: All I could think about was how good you looked in a suit on ESPN. That's Mm, all I could think about. There's
4: that. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) I I don't feel the same right now without my hat on, but, you know, I – I seem to have thrown them all over the place. I don't know where the hats are anymore. <laughs> 14? Yeah, you're chugging it.
2: Kalani, let's talk about that. So I don't think that BYU and you could have done anything more than you've done. And that's the frustrating part, I, I think, in this whole process is when the schedule goes from 12 down to 2 – you add San Diego state and uh Boise state you tell Houston yeah we'll go there who does that right you add what you could you win all those games you win every one but one convincingly i don't know what more you could have done and that to me that's the most frustrating part
4: well the one that wasn't convincing we had a we had a great lead in the game anyways it wasn't like that was a nail biter the entire time you know so obviously we we Made some mistakes in that game and everything, but I hate going back to that game and saying, "Man, we should have done this," you know. And and then um, and there's just a lot of things. I, I for me, it was about the boys. And then after that, hearing the reasoning, I just like to see some consistency behind all of it, you know. When when people are talking about this is how we look at it, this is how we rank it, and then and then it doesn't it doesn't seem like that fits the criteria for all 25 teams on there. And so that's all. That's all we're looking for is consistency, in the reasoning and and the way that they they rank it. But uh, it's just so f- different than what we saw from, the AP and the coaches poll and things like that. And and I just hope that you know hope they're able to watch our guys really and see them play. Like I said, I think we're an exciting brand of football.
2: Do you feel like the committee has not watched you enough? Because if they had, you would have been higher. Well,
4: I don't. I, no, I, I hope they've watched everyone you know i i i uh i would i would imagine that would be the case but uh when you hear some of the things that are said in the interviews and things like that and and that's all we have to go off of is what they say about us specifically you know and then and then the the reasoning why we're so low because our our win against boise was not that great because they were not at their fullest at their best in as far as personnel we we have that same reasoning too with a lot of different games, but um, it's okay. We, we, we're gonna have to find ways to, to fight back and to play and and use it as motivation. I don't want to I don't want to sit here and crap on people, you know, for for trying to do their best. Um, but things didn't go our way. It's okay. It's life. Now the more important thing is how do we react to it? Uh, I said it before. It's a difficult position for the committee to be in, especially this year. And, um, you know, we're, we're, all, all I really care about is our, our players right now and and uh, how motivated they are. I talked I to a, a, a good number of them last night, and, and I wish there was a game this Saturday.
1: Kalani Satake, BYU head football coach, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, when you see the clear outlash and backcry from a mass majority of the most notable college football playoff analysts and Experts inside the game: Kirk Herbstreit, Reese Davis, uh, David Pollock, Desmond Howard. What's your reaction to that when they all collectively are saying, "Whoa, BYU is ranked way too low"?
4: Well, they watched us play, <laughs> and and they they called some of our games, and they've been around our program and 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 seen uh, Zach Wilson throw the ball, and so uh, that that that's the the thing that I I, I think for for me it's like. I don't know where we're, we're supposed to be. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we would have been angry right now if it was any different than if it was higher than 14, if it was a couple spots higher. I, I just know that our guys f- feel uh, a little bit burned, and, it's, and we'll just have to react and be better at it and then find a way to, to change people's minds. But I am really happy about Cincinnati and where the p- position that they're in. I'm, I'm happy for, for the hard work that they've done and looking at where the position that they're in as, as a G5. and and uh you know there's some really good teams out out there in in the, in the top 25 and and uh, they deserve to be there it just the the criteria for the for the ranking is is the, the key that, that that everybody wants to know and i think that's why there's a lot of people that are up in arms on on the rankings
2: yeah in a conference call after the show uh it's brought up that why is cincinnati seven, well we were impressed that they are uh in the top 20 in offense and defense BYU's the only team in the top 10. Yeah, that <laughs> consistency is frustrating. And then, you know, this morning, uh, you know, Cincinnati and Temple are going to be canceled, and then Cincinnati can't play next week. So, it was like, oh, even if there was a possibility of that game, that's tough. And I want to make this point, Kalani, and you know, with Tom, we all know, it's not like Tom Homo just started picking up the phone the last week or two. It's been all season. Like you said, you've been trying to get to 12. Before the season, there was a time where you guys thought you were going to open with Alabama at one point for a couple days, right? This isn't a thing that just started. You guys have been trying all year to get good games on the schedule.
4: We have. And, and, and Tom's done a great job in trying to reach out to people. And, and we're going through negotiations and trying to get these games out there. There's, it's not just us and then the other team. There's a conference that we have to work with as well. And so I think a lot of people are forgetting that part. When we were talking to teams in the SEC, the reason why we reached out to the SEC is because they were the only ones that were playing. I mean, when we were the only ones in the West, we get, going back in time seems like so long ago, when you go back in, in in August when we were trying to get our schedule, we were the only ones in the West that were playing football. So we had to reach out to the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC, Sunbelt, Conference USA, um, and the American. Those are the, the, the conferences that we had to reach out, and the independents and trying to get games scheduled. And um, then the conferences decided that they're going to go conference only. So it slammed the door shut on those opportunities. And that was with the SEC and then the ACC and the big 12 had conference only, but some stipulations on the extra game that they could play. And so that we really weren't in the mix in those. And then we had to go to conference. Thank goodness for the Sun Belt and the and conference USA and the American for helping us out. And, and then thank goodness we were able to work some things with Houston where they couldn't come here. They wanted to, but they couldn't come here. So we were able to change it up and Tom was great in getting us to go there and I mean that, that stuff happens, and it's great to schedule it. But we, we said from the very beginning, you guys can go back and quote us. We wanted 12 games, we wanted to get 12 games, just because these guys are ready to play 12 games. We were in shape to play 12 games, and every time that we sit here, we don't get to play a game through a bye. It's really hard. It's frustrating for our players because they're such big time competitors, you know. So I, I don't know if if we have two more open dates. We have one next week uh, on the December 5th, and then one on the 19th. And and I don't know if any of those games being filled by whoever is going to be good enough for people. But it's good enough for us because we get to play football. We love to play football. I, I don't know what the record's going to show at the end of the day when if we do get 12 games. But, man, I like our chances. And, and for our boys, they just love playing football. We want to get out there and do it.
1: Coach, I know it's hard to pinpoint uh, a percentage chance of BYU being in a scenario where you get to play two more games, one on December 5th and the other on December 19th. As you mentioned on those dates, but how confident are you in that by or that BYU will play games on both of those dates?
4: I guess that's that's more a question for Tom, you know, and and, and I know Tom Homo's working really hard with that. Um, I just know that uh, this team will play on those dates. We'll, we'll play anytime you want us to. We'll we'll play back-to-back games if you want. I mean, if you're up to our players, we would have 30 games scheduled. And some JV games. I mean, that's that's the way this team is built. We have a lot of depth on our team. We feel really good about it. We're, you know, guys wanted to scrimmage this weekend against each other. That's how much they love football. And so, um, we're just going to wish them happy Thanksgiving. We're, we'll try to rally back and and regroup as a, as a program, and and uh, then we'll go we'll go from there. But uh, I'm just thankful I get to coach these kids and and I get to be around them.
2: There was a lot of discussion around Washington, obviously, San Diego State moving that up. Was San Diego State a possibility to move up this Saturday?
4: I don't know the specifics of that one. I'm pretty sure Tom was talking to them as well. And, um, you know, we were trying to get Washington first. That that was the the, the goal. And so it just didn't work out. It it doesn't have to be this huge, dramatic thing where, oh, no, didn't work out because these guys didn't want it or they didn't want it. It just didn't work out. And we couldn't come to an agreement. And, uh, you know, the players wanted that game. But there's a lot of things that go into it. But that, that's – that's I think there's a lot of options. If you talk to Tom, there's probably could have been half a dozen options for this weekend.
2: Do you mind who you play? Obviously, playing better teams would help in trying to get into the New Year's Six because that's the goal. If you finish undefeated and you're not in the New Year's Six, Uh, I don't know how you feel, but I'd be really disappointed given the resume. BYU would deserve that, in my opinion. Would you take a, quote-unquote, lesser game just to fill the schedule at this point?
4: I'll take any game just to play football, you know. So, uh, if you and and Spencer want to gather some guys and come out here and play this, (laughs) we'll do it. Put it on BYU TV. We just... We just want to get out there and play football. We, we it, don't it, want it, that. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to try to be at our best no matter who the opponent is, and 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 um, uh, we wanted twelve opportunities. We said that from the very, very beginning. We never backed down from it. We had ten. You have ten opportunities now. Uh We missed up, missed out on one, right? Uh, but I'm glad that we are able to get to nine right now, being nine and zero with a tenth game on the horizon and hopefully, you know, uh, an 11th or 12th, they show up
1: coach. We give thanks as you, uh, said last night on your ESPN interview for, uh, the opportunity to watch BYU football this season. We don't take it for granted. And I know that, uh, you and your team clearly don't, um, if you want a game, get your coaching staff, uh, maybe Jeremy and I can recruit some former players and we'll go play a Turkey <laughs> bowl on Thanksgiving.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Turkey bowl. I mean, the emergency rooms are really, really flying. They're, they're going crazy on Thursdays because guys like us can't hang it up, you know. And, and um, so just be careful, everyone. But I mean, that, you know, last night when, when the whole thing was going down and, and, and I got to be, I had the time to settle down probably the last minute, the last 30 seconds. All I could think about was gratitude, the opportunity that I had to be the head coach of BYU and to be around such great young men and people. That are involved with BYU, the best fan base out there, and uh, all. I, that's why I could. All I could do is at the end I, just thankful, you know. And I, I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I say do the same to you guys. You guys are amazing, uh, and do a great job representing BYU and getting the news out to our fans. And uh, that's why I said that. I wanted to end on on a, on a good note because that's how I truly feel. I really am thankful to be here and uh, represent BYU. So thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: The always classy Kalani Sataki on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: Certainly some frustration there, obviously, watching the games. It's like, ugh, 14 is tough. When you look at what BYU's done, they couldn't control the schedule. They had to play who they could play, and BYU's dominated and won uh, in all but one game and won all those games. So let's go. And looking at the resume between BYU and Cincinnati, it's not that different. In fact, BYU has a better resume in everything but strength of schedule. They just want to play 12 games. 12-0 would say something. Okay, two more games. Let's go. Coming up, today's rise and shout-out is a reminder of greatness.
1: Plus, who earns the elite voice of the day amidst the high collective emotions of BYU Sports Nation today? Stay with us.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on
1: demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: Or you can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review if you like the show. Today's show is pretty fun.
1: Our question of the day, what does BYU need to do to prove themselves New Year's Six worthy to the college football playoff committee? Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort in from at Hank.57 on the gram. He says, put up 100 points against San Diego State.
2: 100? San Diego State's (laughs) defense is pretty good. Like, yeah. Uh, Coming up Friday. We're off tomorrow, by the way. But Friday, uh, we have Zach Wilson on the program. A conversation we recorded today. So... you're going to want to hear what he says.
1: Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward, Jerem. Today we honor this day in the year 2006 when John Beck found a forever open Johnny Harleen in the end zone at Rice-Eccles Stadium for the most iconic BYU rivalry win over Utah.
2: Pretty epic, right? We're on the left. You can actually see us in the frame when it pulls out here. And there we are, lower left. Uh, standing next to each other, so. Pretty cool, man. That was fun. Where will it rank in the top 100 plays? You'll find out December 12th. Well,
1: thanks to today's guests, Reese Davis, Kalani Satake, and Chris Burgess for Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Devin Durant. See you tonight. BYU basketball.